All right, Mots, we are back. Episode 50 of the Ring Shrinks. We had a great guest uh, who will be performing at the Winter Classic on January 1st, Chris Kimmerer, and uh, some great mailbag questions. What do you say, Mots? You ready to go? Let's go. All right, Mots, we are back. Episode 50 of the Ring Shrinks. What's going on? How was Christmas? How you doing? Great. Episode 50, dude. Love Not it. bad. Yeah. The big five oh. I was episode fifty on uh spitting chicklets. So th- this is a big episode for us. You know? Wow. Yeah, just pr- pretty excited to uh you know, kind of small milestone for us. But uh Christmas was great. Uh we you know, kind of laid low uh, a bit. Kids had a good time and um you know, just kind of had some holiday cheer. You know, my, my father in law <laughs> made an unbelievable roast and uh we kind of had some leftovers and fed the family for a few days on uh, on his on his efforts on Christmas. Yeah, that's key. Yeah, same here. Everything was good. Uh, busy. Did a little mass on Christmas Eve. Then we're, I, I didn't even have to get in my car. I went to my sister-in-law's around the corner, which was great. Had a good night on Christmas Eve and then Christmas Day. Just relaxed at the house and kids were all happy. Everybody was excited. I think the only disappointed one was, you know, we did hear you didn't get the drum set. So... That's unfortunate. Yeah, yeah, again. But that's fine. I mean, you know what? Um, you know, th- things kind of work themselves out for a reason. Um, <laughs> you know, we talk about self-evaluation on this podcast. And at some point, I have to look myself in the mirror and, and understand that I am tone deaf and have no rhythm and no internal beat. So it would just be a disaster, in my opinion. So at the end of the day, uh, it's probably a blessing in disguise. Yeah, no, that's good. I'm just glad you can just continue on and just be a happy-go-lucky self yeah. every day. Well, yeah. we did get some disappointing news, like as we're recording this, uh, the the World Junior Championships, which everybody looks forward to, has been canceled uh, due to COVID. Uh, very frustrating. I know we don't like to talk a lot about that stuff, but, I mean, it's pretty relevant, and uh, I'm just – extremely frustrated by it 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 sure as hell does uh suck for those kids that were up there playing and the families that have traveled there over christmas and the holidays i mean it's just uh very very frustrating times i would say yeah i just i mean what this you know pandemic is you know forcing you to do is to have a stance and i disagree with canceling certain major events here because of something that is the flu you know people who are have underlying conditions and all this stuff who need to be um, careful um, these aren't the guys you know these are highly elite trained athletes that you know the effects wouldn't be as um, severe as as someone who has some underlying effects and that's just my opinion i don't like to put my opinion out there too much but uh it's so disappointing because it's a great tournament number one there's great opportunity for these kids not only u.s canada but every other nation that's involved to have exposure to um playing at the highest level at age appropriate and some of these kids are young playing up and doing well so it's like uh, you know elevating their draft status and whatnot so I just look at it as just a, a, a real tough miss. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, this is the world we live in right now. So we'll move on from it. Um, yeah. Know, they, they, yeah, they did 
cancel it and uh, we just have to kind of deal with it. Yeah, we just got to deal with it. It's very unfortunate. I mean, I'm seeing it now on our end. Obviously, I got an email today. You know, we're supposed to go to Quebec for the Pee Wee tournament in February and they're talking about postponing it and things like that. So it's a uh, it's definitely challenging times. And, and you know, we're just everybody. Uh, I think you said it best, but yeah, I don't want to get too too wrapped up in it because i think you can sense our frustration that's for sure but um we do and and this is a mailbag episode but we were joined by a uh, a very special guest mots um you know somebody that is a little outside the box for this podcast but i think it was a, a fantastic interview uh chris kimmer who's the uh, drummer for Thomas Rhett's band. And we all know uh, Thomas Rhett, who's one of the top country uh, singer artists in the, in the world at this point in time. And uh, we had a, you know, we were very lucky to talk to Chris. He's a big hockey guy. He grew up outside of um, Toronto and, you know, played a lot of hockey travels on the road, finding different shinny hockey games. He's buddies with a bunch of guys and they're going to be playing at the, uh, the winter classic in, in Minnesota on new year's day, which is pretty sick. So it was, uh, it was great timing. We were very lucky to, uh, to be joined by him. What do you think? Uh, super guy, uh, unbelievable interview, just great energy. Um, you know, and, and again, it goes back to, you know, hockey being kind of like the, the root of, you know, his, his passion, like he, he still plays to this day. Like he's traveling around, you know, being an elite drummer for one of the best country music artists out there. And he still has his hockey gear underneath the bus, which is like, it just, it just goes to show you how cool the sport is. Right. And how much, uh, you know, that fabric of, of the sport kind of is, is ingrained in, in, in person uh, who gets exposed to it early and just loves the game. So, it was just really a, n- a nice interview. We kind of talk about a bunch of different things, but uh, we hope you enjoyed the interview uh, with Chris Kimmer. Before we get to that conversation, we'd just like to to let you know that this inter- interview is brought to you by Franklin Street Hockey, the official ball and street hockey partner of the National Hockey League. Ice hockey season is in full swing, and Franklin has you covered with their NHL equipment bag, on-ice stick trainer, and more. Visit franklinsports.com and check out their new ice hockey gear today. All right, and our next guest, he's going to be playing in the Winter Classic this weekend. Uh, Well, maybe not playing in it, but he's going to be playing at it. Uh, He's a Canadian, and uh, he's a, a, a very famous musician. And uh, as part of Thomas Rhett's band, and uh, with what like to welcome to the Rink Shrinks podcast, Chris Kimmerer. Hey, what is up, boys? What's up, my man? Yeah, playing in the Winter Classic, my that, man. Thank yeah, you. That, that, that's exactly <laughs> what you're doing. Hey, yep. It, it's all come full circle. A Canadian kid, and you know who would have thought that that you know whatever it was when you were a youth hockey player that someday you'd be playing in uh, you know in the in the NHL Winter Classic on New Year's Day. It's pretty cool, that's for sure. Yeah, 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 man. Lots of uh, lots of cool, cool stuff uh, has happened along the course, and uh, it's been a journey and a lot of ups and downs, I guess. But man, yeah, and it, it, the the appreciation, I guess you guys probably know this better than me uh, in life. As you go and uh, your career and stuff starts to, and your passions and stuff are kind of starting to cook a little bit. Uh, it can be you can kind of fall into one track mind life a little. Um, and, uh, so for me, I went through a good stretch in my early years in Nashville, I got here in 2003, uh, I was, uh, 19 years old and I was like, just all music, like just nose to the ground, 
not paying attention to anything else um, and and was was here to do that and uh, sometime later uh, through many happy accidents and stuff I kind of had like the little epiphany of like I, god I need a hobby <laughs> like and um, and had yeah popped into a couple Preds games started kind of getting to know some boys in the league again and and some guys that work for Nashville here and uh, um, and have re- just sort of fall in love with the game and um, and and in the 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 common ground of it all it's been it's been pretty wild so yeah boy from oshawa playing the playing the winter classic no big deal yeah but don't sleep on your b championship in the church league buddy hey <laughs> listen let's, let's, let's chat about that okay we, we can get on to like you know a little mm. bit more but yeah yeah don't yeah sleep on it no okay so yep the um i gotta paint the picture just a little bit i was uh i've got two siblings my my sister is a couple years younger than me she's born deaf uh, and legally blind and she had like some learning disabilities and stuff. Happiest kid in the world. Um, you know, just absolute joy in all of our lives. But, uh, she's in Paris, Ontario now, Paris, Ontario, man. Yeah. Yeah. She actually was living in Brantford for quite a while with the Canadian deaf blind society. I think they have like a, like a resident sort of program off of, uh, none other than Wayne Gretzky Boulevard or whatever in, uh, in, in Brantford. So, uh, heard of them. Yeah. No, no problem. But, uh, so anyway, deaf kid, uh, sister, my mom and dad doing the right thing. We moved around a bit. We uh, lived in Belleville, Ontario, uh, was, uh, was billet neighbors to um, Darren McCarty for a couple years there when he was oh, playing wow. in Belleville. Uh, so there's a timestamp for you. But um, so we grew up like learning sign language with my sister. And, and uh, after a couple of years, it made sense for her to stay in Belleville. And the family moves back to Oshawa. And um, yeah, playing youth hockey, lighting it up, no big deal. Uh, the, 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 like the B or C championship game though, in like 1994 for Oshawa youth hockey, um, I, uh, we're, 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 we, we win. I think it might've been like, actually like the battle for like the C, you know, little trophy or whatever. And, uh, give yourself some credit. We'll say you were a B player. Okay, great. Well, (laughs) so we, however this goes through, maybe I was a B player and we only made it to the C's and I was pissed about it or something, but we end up on a week, like a weeknight winning the game and the kids are, you know, they had, they pass out the little trophy or whatever. And we're, we're skating around with the, with the trophy and the moms and dads are, are clapping for their kids and a lot of camcorders out and all this stuff. And I do my lap. And then I uh, hand the trophy off, I guess, sort of rough memory of it. But I uh, continue to skate around. And now I've just shifted gears to flipping the bird. At <laughs> all Double kickstands? Yeah. Just like rolling around, gloves on the ground. doing. And um, uh, so wraps up. Uh, my dad happened to be also videoing, um, but also just taking in the moment. So he didn't necessarily notice specifically. Uh that that had gone on, but he did a lot of family video stuff for my sister and all this. And, um, and she loved to like, look back on, on this stuff. So anyway, a couple days go by and then in the, later in the week and, um, the commissioner from the league pops by my dad's, uh, business. And, uh, he says, Hey, uh, you know, Mr. Kimmerer, uh, there's some complaints about your son, you know, after the game, during the, the little trophy thing, uh, you know, some, some parents were complaining. He was like using some pretty serious sign language or something. Uh, and my dad kind of unbeknownst sort of bites off and plays along. He's like, yeah, well, you know, our, our, our daughter's deaf. And so we've been working with the boys to, 
you know, use some sign language around the house and, and kind of up that culture for our family or whatever. And the guys are like, uh, no, 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 I don't think so. <laughs> so so uh, the different kind of sign language. Yeah. So think. Marty party goes, he's like, you know what? I, I video all this stuff for my daughter uh, so she can relive these moments and let me go have a look at the tape. So he checks the tape. Uh, Chris gets home from school later that day you know, having some supper and, uh, Hey, that was school. Great dad. Thanks. Uh, learn anything? No, no, nothing. Uh, Hey, listen, the guy from the hockey came by and, uh, you know, <laughs> I immediately just like, what is he like, you know, putting me on or something like, yeah. no, I wouldn't Am I get called he up. Says, he says, so no, so you're telling me you, you didn't you know, I would never do that. Dad. I've never used, use any kind of explicit signs or anything like that. He says, well, let's go downstairs and have a look at the tape. Oh. And there the I video was. Video doesn't just, lie. No, buddy, just down to like that big. And so uh, <laughs> I don't remember the repercussions, but I remember my dad being pretty rattled that I'd put him in a tough spot with the commissioner of the uh, Oshawa Youth Hockey that time. So uh, anyway, that was uh, that oh, was a, that was an early memory of it all. Yeah, you get a championship. You know, you, you, you're celebrating in the way that you know, right? So, yeah, I'm just exactly sign language right just, there. Yeah, sign language. <laughs> I was, I'm, I'm, I'm there with the boys. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm 11. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. So, what, yeah. what other uh, good hockey memories? And you know, we kind of like to walk down hem, uh, memory lane with with you know our guests here and talk about you know normally it's it's their athletic career. So, you know, bring us in, into hockey. And I guess now how, you know, hockey has impacted your life now, you know, being the the lead drummer in Thomas Rhett's band. Yeah. 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 I mean, fun hockey memories the whole time. I mean, I, I, as a kid, uh, I definitely really wanted to, I, I was like every other Canadian kid. I wanted to play in the show. Um, and uh, um yeah, so I was always really stoked about hockey. I was a big Maple Leafs fan back in like that, like it was like Doug Gilmore, Wendell Clark, Felix oh, yeah. Watt band, oh, all yeah. that kind of stuff. Todd Gill, um, fun times, and we we actually had you know once or twice a year, uh, my my folks would scrounge some dough together and take either my brother or me, and we'd always sit in the middle, like in the greens, right about center ice, halfway up at, at Maple Leaf Gardens, um, and uh, yeah, so I have like fond memories of doing all that stuff. I, I also have a memory of um, of the World Series being held in Toronto, like 93, I guess, maybe. Joe Cotta. Yeah. Kata, back to back. Yeah, so the second of the back to backs, right? And we're taking the go train in from Oshawa. I think my dad's a bigger baseball fan than maybe let on to his nine-year-old kid. But he says, hey – I got these hockey tickets. He's, I'll make you a deal. We can go and trade him up. We'll, we'll, we'll get a pair and we'll go to the Sky Dome and watch maybe something historic kind of cool happen. Uh, or we can trade the tickets up and we can sit like in the golds. Like we'll sit up closer to the glass uh, at, at, at uh, the Leaf game. And uh, I was like, Leaf game. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> you passed on seeing uh, Joe. Yeah. Joe had uh, touch them yeah. all, Joe. Yeah, so I just wanted to see like a regular old season game at the Garden. It's <laughs> amazing. I love so, it. So I got lots of fun memories like that. And then, you know, over the last couple of years, though, like just with, with Thomas's career uh, and, my, and my time with him, um, you know, we, we just we worked so much and we millions of shows, it felt like, and uh, a lot of those ups and downs and we got them, we don't got them. Are we going to do this? Is it going to work? Is it going to go? Is it not going? Um, 
And as it started to sort of latch on and we started to play and, and on like touring bills with you to be instead of like being maybe the very first band that plays 20 minutes, we'd start to get into that middle spot and have a bit more time on stage. And he had some songs starting to hit on the radio and people just started hanging around, man. There was just always in, in, a, in a great way, it, you know, just people excited to be around and people enjoying the music and, and guys who maybe would end up backstage somehow or other who, would, who wanted to just say, hey, great show out there. And I was just a sponge, like glad anybody even noticed sort of thing. Yeah. And uh, man, half these guys were, were, were athletes. And uh, um, so I've been able to, so I just kind of found myself hitting it off with a bunch of hockey players and some guys that work in the hockey business, even just uh, in, in team services roles. And some of your guys uh, from up, up in Massachusetts, uh, at the at Warrior, have become good buddies, and uh, I've become pals with uh, with the Gretzky Hockey School and Ty, and got to hang with Wayne a little bit, and ah, just fun stuff, man. And nobody's looking for anything; everybody's just excited for what the other guy's doing, and uh, and that's a cool sort of way to 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 you know make some relationships. I think I got one thing. So you were talking about Joe Carter and stuff. Remember that movie Big Daddy uh, with Adam Sandler? Yes. And it's like, remember, you know, when he had the kid, the, the kid, it was like the, the Toronto Hooters, Joe Carter. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's like, you know, those beers are like moonshine. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yes. Hell yeah. <laughs> that was, uh, uh, that's yeah. the first thing I thought of. I don't know. That's where my mind goes. I'm like, yeah. oh, Joe so Carter. Much. He's like, huh? Out of the, the World Series back to back. Simple task. <laughs> Yeah, so good. yeah, exactly. Exactly. So good. Oh, that's awesome. So what was, you know, how far, I guess, did your, your, your hockey career go? Obviously, Canadian kid, was it ever like, you know, talks of going major junior or playing in college or anything like that? Or, or you know, I guess, what was the, when, when did you know it was time to, you know, turn in the, uh, the, the East and for a, for a, uh, a drumstick? Yeah, comically so, uh, man, and probably maybe, maybe, pertinent uh, uh subject matter for the rink shrinks pod but like um i as a kid kind of hit the hit the uh, growth spurt you know fairly early i think there, I, had, I had longer legs than a lot of these kids for a minute i, I can't remember in at that point maybe we were introducing body contact around maybe bantam age yep. um and maybe we called bantam different i'm not sure in ontario that was like maybe 13 14 years old is that what 13. they call adam up there Mott? Or is that younger? Uh, Adam. No, Adam's kind of like squirts. Might, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't know. I always get them them confused I, up yeah, there. I don't Sorry think to cut you same. off. Same. No, no, no. But uh, uh, it was in that season. So maybe I, I would say I was probably 14 or so. And uh, um, um, man, playing the same barn from the from the infamous <laughs> flip. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I hit a kid. I got hit by a kid. Just clean hockey play, whatever. Uh, and, um, but I, I didn't like it and didn't like being hit. And I was used to being bigger and whatever than everybody else. <laughs> I, I think I, I maybe had a few too many strides, maybe like from the blue line even, um, and, and lit him up behind the net. And I was dirty. I think the kid was fine ultimately, but like, you know, whistle, the coaches, they're the guys coming over, the ref tosses me out. 
And uh, here comes uh, the guy from the league showing up at the Kimmerer house well, on Monday so morning again. Marty, Marty Kimmerer is a little wiser now. A few years later, he just met me at the gate and was like, "That's it, you're done." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and like, no Cam Corden like needed. No, no we were just done, and it was like, and and I, I think maybe boys like at that point talk about going all in on whatever you're doing. I think maybe I'd already started. I would have definitely already been playing drums at that point and getting a little more serious. And I, I think there was certainly some discipline that followed the, the dirty hit, but I didn't, I don't think I fought back much with my dad about like, Hey, I know I want to be back in or come on, let me, let me yeah. give it another go or I can do better. I, I think I was just like, all right, fine. Uh, mm-hmm. And then it was like 20 years or 15 years or something. And I put the skates back on. So uh, yeah, not a, not a, not a great ending to it all. And uh, the reality was boys, there was also, I wasn't playing in the O or anything. I don't think it was going to get there for me. Um, and, uh, uh, so now I'm just happier looking pro wearing all the, all, wearing all the, all the leftover gear from the boys and <laughs> yeah, going men's, men's open at, uh, at the rink in town or whatever. Now, yeah, I mean, a couple of your Instagram pictures, you would think you were Connor McDavid out there with the uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. with the Oilers gear and all that stuff. It's like, who's look, this look guy? Pro play pro boys. Yeah. That is uh, <laughs> uh, that's worked for me in music, and I'm I'm hoping it maybe works for me in hockey. So I don't know who has more swag. You or Pat Cullody, our boy from Boston here. Oh, buddy, I, I'm gonna go with me. No offense, Pat. <laughs> love, love you, I don't buddy. know. He's up there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's a beauty. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so that was kind of, you know, that was the, that was the transition. And from there it was really like, by the time I was like 17 years old, like I really did go ham on the, the drum thing. And by like 17, I got out of high school early, went to college straight away, did a couple years in Toronto and then did it straight to Nashville. Like I was, I, w- I was going for it. And, uh, um, yeah. And that was sort of kind of how the cookie crumbled. Yeah, can you bring us back a little bit to when you got your first drum set? And uh, you know, I read something where uh, mom and dad rented uh, you know a little something for a month, and you and your brother are you know yeah. driving her crazy, mom crazy a little oh, bit. Dude. But, uh, oh, yeah, dude! Oh, yeah, so, so bad. Yeah, so can you just kind of walk us through kind of like your first introduction to you know yeah. you know being exposed to the music and and kind of how you you took off from there. Well, I think Mott's too, because I think that's every every parent's biggest fear of buying their kid a drum set is like, how the hell am I going to put up with this noise in my house, right? Mott's has yeah. been asking for a drum set for 40 for like years. years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, and, and legitimately, Chris, I, I asked for a dog and a drum set every year for Christmas. Unbelievable. And, and Didn't I, get either one. But I got some Micron Megas instead. Um, well, the things that I put my parents through Mott's would maybe now you have to be careful that these might be the things you'd put your wife through if, uh, uh, but like, I, yeah, we were renting my, my, my dad was a drummer as a, as a kid, I think more or less paraphrase story, like kind of, you know, at some point sold the drums, bought the ring, like made an honest woman or, uh, yeah, you know, kind of got married straight up fly, right. Get a real job. Some time flies by, he, uh, a realtor buddy of his hard up for cash and like the, I don't know, late eighties, early nineties says, Hey, I, I got an old drum kit. I need a couple hundred bucks for it. It's like, no, 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 I don't do that anymore. Guy bugs and bugs and finally buys the, the stupid drums and doesn't do anything with him. He loads them in the basement and, uh, you know, just typical Canadian basement is like musty and damp and gnarly down there. And we move a couple times and my mom's like, just get rid of the friggin' drums. And, um, uh, so he's like, no, 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 the boys might play sometime. You never know. The boys might play. The boys might play. Well, it's like 
I think I'd maybe like 10 years old, grade four or something. I had to start playing for school band or, or it was like a required thing. And I was looking at this, like, what am I going to play fucking clarinet? Like, (laughs) what is this? Like, what are these? And I don't even know the names of some of these instruments. None of them are cool. Um, And I was like, hold up. I got a drum set at my house. I've seen that thing down there probably playing like mini sticks or something, right? With the boys and just was like, hold up. So I asked my dad, like, can you, what's this about? And I says, okay, well, let's set them up a little. And we started tapping around. And and uh, so I got the gig in grade five or something with playing drums in the school band. And uh, and that drum set lived on the whole time. Um, it was horrible. It was way too big. It was old and ugly. I wouldn't even give it to you as a, as a gift, Moss. It was horrible. Uh, and uh, 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 <laughs> so we, we lugged it around. We, but it, fast forward like 20 years or something, or yeah, uh, I ended, my dad brought that drum set down to me in Nashville um, in the car. Like I moved to town. I got a gig somewhere with a band. I was like, hey, bring those drums. We're going to put them under the bus. And you can. And he actually rode the tour bus with me for like a weekend of shows with some band I was playing gigs with. And so just like a cool full circuit. Well, that's how I got to the drums is my dad had lugged this drum kit around in the basement and thought maybe the boys will play. So, Wow. But- that's a great story right there. And okay, so and then there's the thing is we would rent a he would rent us a, a little PA system for Christmas. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. For a month. Nowadays, man, you could like put headphones in your speak, you know, and just play along or something. Yeah. But he was like my dad was a little bit old school, I guess, little rock and roll and so he just turned two speakers, you know, like, like the speaker on a stick from the wedding yeah. or whatever that you'd have yeah. like and just dimed them, gassed them all the way, and playing like Doobie Brothers and Queen and Rush and all this stuff. And my mom's upstairs just snapping like. <laughs> <laughs> Could come home from school until bedtime, right? Oh, dude, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, so yeah, that was the tale of the uh, of the drum kit. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, man. that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm glad. I, I mean, I have uh, I'm like tone deaf and have no rhythm, but. You know, like you have that internal beat, like you're the heartbeat of the the band, in in my opinion, as far as like a like I I love music and I wish I had that internal beat, but yeah. uh, maybe you can develop it, but I'm guessing you can't. So maybe my parents just knew that I was kind of clumsy and 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 musically not inclined, inept, inept. <laughs> yeah. yes. I mean, yeah, there's yeah, there's probably a bit of. There's got to be some amount of it probably inside there, but I, I mean, I, I, I guess you know, like as a hockey player, if if you could you could have had that same epiphany as me at some point along the way of saying like, man, I need a hobby, mm-hmm. um, and it just as well, and I'm sure there are guys. I mean, uh, I have a few buddies that definitely like like playing acoustic guitars and learning some tunes for the for you know, hot stove and at the fire and, you know, at the summertime or like boys like to do that. And who knows, man, I mean, as long, I think that music should, should, if it can function in that way for people, it's ultimately the best part of it. Um, and so, well, uh, so Chris, I, yeah. I exactly what you just said, you know, so second year pro had a lot of downtime, picked up uh, an acoustic guitar. My grant, I'm um, sorry, my uncle actually made three albums with John Lennon after the Beatles broke up. What? Yeah, so Eddie Motto, you can look him up. He's uh, he was the heavy acoustic on the Standby remake, uh, remake, and he was on. Are the you Apollo. putting me on right now? No, what? I'm dead dead serious. Yeah, check it out. Whoa. Yeah, so he was like the Jeez, best. Jeez, Mott. 
<laughs> yeah, from from the ropes. Yeah, best lefty <laughs> finger. Like, oh, let's yeah. see ya. <laughs> yeah. uh, in New York City. Uh, yeah, so Eddie Motto, same spelling of the last name. It's my uh, my dad's brother, and uh, you know he's good friends with uh, Noel Stuckey from Peter Paul and Mary, and like you know, it, it's just like a, a huge uh, you know musical side of the family and i'm like i it's in there somewhere right yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i pick up the acoustic guitar and i'm working hard i get all the chords dude like i went home for uh thanksgiving and i'm like hey uncle ed I, you know can you you know i had all these songs i wanted to play and he's like hey just do the simple rock progression you know like whatever yeah. and it's like bing 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 and he's like the worst teacher with the worst <laughs> patience ever it'd be like you know, maybe like you being like, "Hey, dude, like, how do you throw like backdoor sauce, like, you know, like skating backwards or whatever right. it is?" Right, right, right. Yeah, it's like, it, oh, just like this. Yeah, and <laughs> he just could not. He was just, he just couldn't understand how bad I was. <laughs> so, but ultimately, I worked hard. So, uh, I played. Uh, I want to grow old with you by Adam Sandler for my wife at our wedding. Perfect. Perfect. Nailed it, kid. Nailed yeah, it. you nailed it. Yeah, let's let's pull the video. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's pull the video of that we one. We might have to put it on the uh, social there, but yeah, like the Jersey kids... Shore, it's gonna have to show up in there, pal. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I thought it was send, cool. Send it to me. We got to do. Maybe we can do a little remix, a little multi-track. Yeah, oh, that'd be unbelievable if you yeah, can add some percussion in there. Yeah, would your wife take it for your anniversary if I played drums? Dude, it would be so <laughs> slick. It's so sick. <laughs> Can it. I be yeah. a backup singer or something? I got to get okay, on is this. Everybody want in on the gig. Is that the thing? It's not, yeah. All you hockey players are the same, man. Everybody wants <laughs> well, we can, we, None of us want to miss a potty. Yeah, <laughs> I exactly. know. That, that's really what it is. That's what it is. Exactly. Oh, oh man. Exactly. So, good. so good. Oh, that's awesome. That's a Mots. I didn't know you had that in you. Oh, well, clearly I, you didn't. Uncle Eddie. Uncle Eddie. Put no, he, hot, like, he's just like, stick to hockey. But I, you know. <laughs> <laughs> to, to your point early, um, if I wasn't a professional athlete, I wanted to be a rock star. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm wor- like, my fingers are like almost bleeding, but like, yeah, I just, I really worked hard at getting the chords, my top hand, but like the strum hand, like that internal beat, like I was saying, like, I don't, I just don't have it. So yeah. Dude, I, if, you, if, if you use the line, we had a band and we tried real hard. I was going to just bust you for quoting Brian Adams lyrics, but yeah, I know the fingers <laughs> bleed, right? It's brutal. Like I thought you were gonna read me down a verse Not of uh, a Summer '69. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we had a band I had that on one of my mixtapes. Anyway, so I was playing hockey. Uh, so. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's uh, it's. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Great. Well, let's Love get it. it back on the rails a little bit. Uh, so, so you know, in 2003, like, what was that? What was that conversation like? Kind of coming out of college, and like, where were you at in your music career? That it was like, all right, it's time to up and move to Nashville. Like, what, what? Because obviously, you know, it's a, when you relate it to like Ohio, it's like going off to play juniors or going in the East Coast League or something like that. Like, you don't. You're going down there and, you know, a lot of stories, it's like, you know, were you sleeping on somebody's couch? Like, did you have friends down there? Or how did how did that even, like, come about for a kid that, that's from Toronto or outside Toronto? Yeah. It, so it was, uh, it was a little just, I don't know, I think I kind of always had a bit of fire for, like, figuring it out. And, and what it – so studying jazz in Toronto as a, whatever, 16, 17-year-old kid in college and – uh and I was pretty good. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't like a jazzer, but like I, I could hang and there was a lot of good jazz kids studying at, at uh, my little school in Toronto, Humber college. 
Uh, shout out to them who doesn't even know that I went there at this point. But uh, <laughs> I was thinking I'd have a wing at that place by now. But um, uh, they've forgotten all about us. And uh, I left there just as easily, though I'd seen a concert at a church uh, nearby to the school. Uh, a, a Christian singer. I, I actually, my, I remember like listening to at home with my parents over the time. I was like, oh, I should go see that. I don't know. And dude, there was like tour buses and like transport trucks. And then I got inside. It was like a pretty big kind of modern sort of mega church thing. And like, man, video screens and drum risers and all this. I was like, wow. And I watched the show. and was like, this is insane. I think at that point as a teenager, I'd honestly had done so much. Like I was living so much playing music, like in the basement with playing along to tunes and, and taking lessons and practicing and all that stuff. I kind of never came up for air to like go to shows. Like I don't, I'd never really gone to a show. And so this kind of in a weird way hit me like a ton of bricks and I'd like a classic kid sort of story. You just hung around after the, the, the concert was over and was like, just went down as close to the front of the thing as I could. I started like yelling at like crew guys like, Hey, is the drummer around. Can I talk to the drummer? Hey. <laughs> and, uh, this guy came out. He was super gracious. We talked to a little bit. He's like, uh, man, I'm, I'm in Nashville. All this is in Nashville. It's like click around. Maybe, I don't know, have a look and see. And, um, man, I, I did. I uh, <laughs> drove down with my folks for like spring break. A few months later, I checked out a uh, university here cause I realized I needed to go to school in order to get into the States. You can't just show up here uh visas and all the all the like um enrolled in the school here and um man i was down here like three months later um and uh uh yeah i just was so interested in um all of what what existed i think in my head existed in nashville it didn't exist in toronto there is no there is that touring scene of like tour buses and trucks i mean maybe drake does it now or something but there's not a jobbing scene of touring industry going on out of Toronto. I don't think it's a long way of saying, I don't think I could do what I do living in Toronto. And so I, I saw a window to move to a new place that maybe I could have a shot. And uh, yeah, I, I went for it. No, and that that's pretty cool because like you're really betting on yourself, right? betting on yourself. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And you just yeah. get down there and find your way and, um, you know, your ability is your ability. And, you know, some people maybe have, you know, a different self-evaluation of how good they may be. Uh, did you know that you were good? Man, I thought I was good, but it probably very similar to, I man, I was just listening to uh, that pod with, uh, what's the kid, uh, the Australian hockey player, um, Walker? Uh, yeah, uh, from St. Louis. Uh, yeah, and man, I just was catching a bit with, uh, over there and and uh um saying that he moved to like the check when he was like 13 years old or something like to to you know it's like yeah gambling on yourself and you think you 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 think you're good and, and maybe there's some awakening yeah nathan walker i think uh but yeah. like a lot of that gamble on yourself thing and i had a couple of like i was good but good could be silky mitts but no you know, no defensive minded or whatever. Like you're going to have holes in your game. I definitely right. did. I know I hit the drums. I didn't know how to be an authority in a band, um, you know, to play with confidence and to contribute and support. Like those are all things that uh, up to that point, I was just like, look at me, look at me, look at me. Um, and had to kind of have some of those awakenings. And there was definitely a couple of like 
hey man what are you doing <laughs> you know like from a like i i'm one of the bars downtown i snuck in i was too young to even go in for a beer i snuck in to listen and would write down on a pad of paper the songs they were playing and i'd go home you know afterwards and i would go find those songs and learn them and then hope that maybe one day they'd like let me sit in right that was like i don't know what else to do so they finally let me sit in and play some like vince gill song and i was all poo poo on country music i didn't give two rips about country music uh i was a jazz kid man and uh in my head and i can sit down and play <laughs> count it off like two three four whatever i'm playing along i think i'm doing good and the bass player some old curmudgeon dude just you can picture it. he's been there a hundred <laughs> years he's played a thousand gigs downtown in broadway <laughs> and he, he's like slugging just playing he looks like what the are you doing and i just like melted but like trying to play the train beat it was like i don't know what what is anything like mom yeah <laughs> like so i just had i got squashed a few times but man yeah you're, you're bet on yourself i thought i was good to sit in with that band at that time turns out i wasn't you know back down to the coast um <laughs> and uh <laughs> so you just sort of retool <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Cause I mean, yeah. we, you know, we talk about, um, you know, especially on this show, like the highs and lows in your career and, you know, even like, you know, we, we talk a lot about youth hockey and kids that weren't like the best players growing up, but they, you know, continue to work at it. And, you know, maybe that, you know, you've got to fail before you succeed. Like that type of attitude is so important to have. And, yeah. and sometimes it gets lost a little bit too, because, you know, all uh, you, you turn on the TV and it's all like the number one draft picks and things like that. And it's people that haven't faced that adversity. And I'm sure you can attribute like, you know, yeah. going through that type of adversity and, and, you know, having the success that you, you now have today. Yeah. I mean, it, it it's uh you kind of, you're just forced with a choice every time, right? Like, do you, you could you could have packed up and went home to Toronto right after that. Is that yeah right? Is that the one? Is that the <laughs> is that the career ending one? And uh, um, and man, like I've been doing it professionally for almost twenty years, which is wild. And like um, yeah, like those things still sort of happen. Like I remember I was on a I was on a recording session um, with uh, with with Thomas. Um, I don't think it's a bad thing to share this story. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we're, we're on the session. Um, and, um, you know, the, just going down like normal, man, we're, we're like, listen to the, they have usually like a demo and this thing, you like play the song and kind of give you some ideas of where they'd like it to go or whatever. And they'll hand you a, a chart, a piece of paper with kind of the roadmap of, of the song and so forth. And, uh, but it was like this weird sort of tempo, thing and the the we i'll play to like a metronome in your ears you know like a tempo thing to keep you and so we're like do and uh and i'm feeling it like this way and everybody else in the band is reading it like this way and so dude i was trying to like get up to set up the chorus and i know it's going to be there and i'm like but it was just bang and it would be like nowhere near what was supposed to be <laughs> and i was like i was just dying inside because it was um there was like it just happened to be the perfect time we're like everybody was there the labels were all there oh, no. the the managers yeah. were all there's freaking video cameras like shooting the documentary like, who's or whatever. This guy? and it was like <laughs> who is this jump and it was like who brought the is- who brought the call up guy Dude, yeah, and so I, 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 I 
I mean, that was not that long ago. <laughs> and, like, I remember getting in the car, calling my dad, like, I don't know what just happened. <laughs> like, yeah. like I've been here, I've done, I know what to, and I have no idea what just happened. And, uh, but yeah, you kind of, you but is that learn. common though? Like where something like that happens or like, because like, again, like you're the happy, you know, the band and like you, you kind of dictate the pace usually as a drummer. Yeah. And then yeah. when someone has to tell you, or someone's trying to kind of put you on a certain time, that's not internal. Is that kind of what happened? Because, you know, yeah. the, you, you have a strength and you do it and, you know, obviously you've been successful with it. So just, I mean, could could you like looking back? Could you go back and like hit that time every single time if you really kid? Uh, yeah, I think I could. Um, and you know, it's it's a little bit in music. I don't I don't know what a similar. Not I'm not speak out like I'm a pro of any of this stuff, but like okay, so uh, watching uh, uh, Suban this year, right? Like, and he's got the like. The, the, the thing he's like he can't stop it or something it's like it's just happening and like and and similar like I, I could appreciate I don't know if this is accurate or not but I could appreciate having whether it was in training or off season or watching stuff and trying to like form his game or whatever like he just sort of like physically falls into a thing and he almost can't help it I've, I can appreciate that happening and I've had in music I've had it a handful of times there's been a very few number but like where you hear something a certain way and, and and there's not always the right way. Like a, a, a song could, you know, be this tempo, but there's a, a, a you know, a, a polyrhythmic thing and the pulse could actually be here, whatever. Like you can interpret this stuff. Um, but man, there are some times when I like hear it the wrong way and can't unhear it. I can't stop mm -hmm. doing it. And like, I know it's right. wrong, but uh, so that does happen along the way. But I mean, also it, it's, it, it's, the practicality of it and sort of, I think having the foundation to, to dial that back and go, Oh shit, I know that this is about to, but I know also now that whether it's the couple of measures leading up to that chorus or, or this certain passage of a song, I can, I've also got the dexterity to sort of prep myself to, to get there, what simplify my game and that moment going, okay, let's just make sure we keep track of where one, two, three, and four are. I know you can, you, you want to shut that part of the brain off and just and shoot from the hip or whatever. But I know for me, this is going to, for whatever reason, this is going to be a challenge. So I'll just kind of grab onto my, my anchor here and get through it. So you need to kind of like learn those skills along the way. Um, Cause yeah, I, I, don't, I, think I, don't, that's, like, I don't like yeah. egg on my face very often, you know, no. I can avoid it. <laughs> no, no, it's it, similar to that. You know, when you, when you tell that, that defenseman, Hey, stop, like, carrying the puck through the middle of the ice. I stopped serving up those pizzas left and right. And they just continue to do it or, or whatever. And it's like the good ones will learn from it. Right. Well, the, the other, like I was going to say the same thing with both defensemen here, Chris, and you know, that there's a certain way to break four, four checks. Like if you, you know, are systematic and you understand where people are and you know, you, you can find the out or you can be the last guy back in toe drag. Yeah, you know, yeah. And, and, and you're still beating the forecheck. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> it, it, you know, so like, you know, just the similarities and the synergies between like kind of what you're experiencing, like at a high, high level, you know, like kind of like going through some of the stuff that you experience, like you, you can still, you know, accomplish the same goal, but it's just within that framework, you know, there's yeah. different ways to do it. Like sometimes you don't, you know, overlook the simple play. 
you know, exactly. as far as a defenseman. And then it's kind of like what I'm taking from you. And, you know, we're coaches. We're, we're, we're trying to, like, shape the youth a little bit here. And we just always want to try to make them better in every single aspect. But, like, don't overlook the simple play. Yeah, 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 right. And and in in a funny way, I think the other appreciation um, that's come over time along that same sort of train of thought is like this sometimes like simple game um, that's that that back to basics is it's also trying to like I can appreciate that there's a lot of beauty in that too, right? Mm-hmm. Like um, like masters of basics. Yeah, man, and like sometimes and certainly in music. Um, you know, like maybe that approach offers more space and in that space is where other things can start to happen. And now my role, instead of being the space is to support the space and like, man, there, there, and, and that's a, that, that I think took a bit of time to wrap my head around, right? Like the 19 year old kid that screwed up the, the Vince Gill train beat or whatever in the bar, that kid didn't understand that. And, uh, um, and maybe I, even, even now this many years in, maybe that, my own distractions or whatever happened on that particular session when I was like, I couldn't find it. Like, Holy cow, I'm losing it here. So yeah, to be able to sort of come back and appreciate that this, that I may actually be contributing more by doing less. Yeah. Just the foundation. Yep. For sure. For sure. And it's, yeah, it's a, that's a, that's a deal for me. One of the, uh, the, the kind of common questions we ask here and that, you know, is, is, was there a particular like, coach or mentor or somebody that you met like when you went to Nashville that really kind of like helped you, you know, get to where you are today? Yeah. Uh, I, I think so. Um, the, the, the first name that comes to my mind is, is the, is actually, um, a really wonderful drummer here in Nashville and his name is Will Denton. Um, and, uh, he funny enough when i had gone to uh check out this gig at this church with the trucks and the buses and and that one that blew my mind he was the guy playing drums and wow it was like just a cool thing where after the after the gig he took that few minutes to chat and i think maybe we you know we swapped email addresses or something back in 2002 or early 2003 Hotmail. Um, yeah, it was a Hotmail account. I had yeah. to sift through all the uh, Mott still has one and in uh, uh, penis enlargement emails. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, yeah. I was like, oh, oh, there he is. He emailed me. <laughs> like, uh, and um, so yeah, it was uh, it was that guy. And 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 man, we he, he welcomed me to town. He kind of gave me enough to sort of have a bit of a concept. And then from there, I think I I mean, there's been so many tremendous helps along the way and influences but i think from there after kind of a, a couple of you know year or two or three of tutelage under under will i kind of just became like a student of the town you know like kind of learning what i like about you know as i'm watching other guys do it and guys who are doing what i want to do um learning what i see in them that in them as people but also as players like what do i like about that what can i what can i take and make into my own thing and and conversely and there's tons of it uh stuff that you don't like right like uh big personalities in this business and 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 in sports too right and 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 you can quickly see i think it's pretty easy to find the stuff that uh i don't want to be associated with or the things i don't want people to think of when for me and so 
yeah, uh, funny enough, the, the tidbit of wills that he gave me before he, we, you know, as I moved to town, he's like, don't hang out with too many drummers. He's like, just don't, he's like, you don't, you're never going to work with another drummer. He's like, I'm, I'm not getting you a gig. He's like, I want the gig. He's like, you want, he's like, go hang out with guitar players and bass players. Like, Hey, good call. <laughs> like, uh, so that was sort of a funny one, which I guess, I don't know the, I don't know the hockey equivalent to that one's like, uh. Yeah, don't don't hang out with D men, hang out with goalies or something. But, uh, <laughs> you don't want to stay away from them. Yeah, I, I, like, I, yeah. I just think like water seeks its own level, right? You know, like so you're you're trying to find your way, but that advice I think is invaluable because yeah. you know, like it would be easy to be gravitated towards another guy that you are sure. doing the same craft with, but sure, that advice all of a sudden like it opens your eyes, be like, oh yeah, this this basis, this. Um, you know, this guitarist, this lead singer, yeah. whatever, like, what are they looking for? And then, yeah. and then next thing you know, like you probably opened, uh, you know, another avenue of, of network, which is well, yeah. uh, extremely important. Find some mojo with those types of guys. And, and I think honestly, that's kind of where it fell in with Thomas. I, I remember uh, uh, he, he, I was playing with another artist that had the same manager as him and they had just signed him. I think he just signed his like first record deal or whatever um and uh we were in chicago at a bar i was playing with this other band and um thomas was going to open up and like hey would you mind to play a couple songs with this guy he can't really he doesn't have any money really though and like um but he's really good he's really cool and fun and exciting and entertaining whatever it's like whatever sure, yeah bucks or something right so they toss you 100 bucks and <laughs> play a couple tunes and like i just we we actually kind of ran through them here in nashville for like an hour one day and uh and it was fun and uh uh it was gonna be a little easy gig so we get up there and i'm supposed to play my main gig after him but i gotta go do this thing and uh, we sit down and there are ladies and gentlemen from nashville newly signed you know thomas red or whatever and this guy, <laughs> like he had that like like kick the barn doors open kind of energy and uh and the 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 band that i was playing with uh had um not that so like <laughs> you guys ever see the like um the 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 drum set that but they like they build like the glass wall cage thing all around yeah, it, yeah. right the plexiglass <laughs> it's, it's like it's like playing drums in the penalty box <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, I get up and I'm, I'm 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 watching this kid like kick the doors open energy nobody nobody knows who he is whatever and he turns around and looks at me like before the first chorus of the song and gives me one of these like ah and and I just I gave it right back to him, and we blasted through these couple teams, and I just like hit it off with this guy. I, I no interest in whatever that was or gonna be or could potential nothing. Didn't even. And afterwards, like we played our little twenty minutes at this bar, nobody even knew who he was, and I, we were just like at each other, just like talking shop music, uh, goals, hopes, things you like, things you. We just I'm talking with this guy, and then I gig ended. I caught my flight back home the next day and didn't think anything of it. And then some months later, uh, yeah, he, like that's how he kind of ended up. He's like, Hey, can we, would you mind come out and play a little bit more for me? Or like, yeah, sure. I guess. And <laughs> like 10 yeah, years wow. later, but so. that's, that's actually an amazing story. So like, as far as just being like a, yeah, whatever, I'll, I'll just do this uh favor pretty much. Cause I'm, I'm sitting here already. Yeah. yeah but like, yeah. how do you learn that song that quickly? Or yeah. like, is it just like a kind of a basic beat that you would have for, you know, you know, yeah. for a song, you know, because didn't you, didn't you have to do it recently too with like Cole Swindell or something right. where his drummer was out? Yeah, that's right. So I, and I've done it a handful of times along the way COVID's really kind of 
I, that was unrelated to COVID with Cole, but, uh, um, but yeah, that sort of tends to happen because if you run around with on a tour, for example, you got, you know, generally three bands, maybe even four, uh, if something should go down, um, you know, and you need a sub or somebody to cover for you, man, in a, in a perfect world, maybe you could just use somebody that's on your tour. And, yeah. uh, so, so Cole's drummer was getting married. I ended up, yeah, just catching a weekend with those guys. And that was high pressure though, man. It's still a big gig and like, big. We rehearsed a couple times at like in some sound checks, but never like the show. And man, so lo and behold, the drums happened to start that one out. And so I kind of like march out on the first one, like, holy. <laughs> All right, man, press the button and the thing I'm starts. In. And then one, two, three, four, here we go. And I'm you know, like, All right. And so, uh, yeah, like I guess sometimes you, for me, the big thing is I have a lot of intuitions about songs and I will, in a, in a quick listen, right, in a three minute, pop song or country song or hey even a pop country song uh three minutes into this thing i can listen and pretty well tell you you know if i know where things should be i know where the markers should be where my ear would want to hear them 90 percent of the time they're probably going to be there uh the, the the starts the stops uh the intro the outro all that sort of stuff um it's just song form these days in modern music it's fairly uh it's something i've kind of internalized and then if there's a difference then i will i will use what i think of as the norm as the mark and so then if i i can mentally say all right i know on this on this one i got us that that stop is going to be two beats before i think it should have been and i'll try and kind of internalize based on that but uh yeah a lot of it is um is familiar beats and and stuff and you got to kind of be good at some of those things and if you can own those things you can play them at different tempos and different volumes and whatever else and hopefully you know get yourself through a show yeah so we uh we have a good friend who was a hockey guy he played at university of maine <coughs> excuse me and um drafted by the philadelphia flyers not a big deal <coughs> excuse me um but um talking to him he said that he you know chatted with you a little bit um He's friends with friends with Patty Maroon, and he, he uh, just randomly, you know, got to talking with you down in Nashville. Uh, and his uh, music was sent down, and you sit down and and do some studio work. So uh, Rob Bellamy is our guy. Oh. Yeah. and uh, you know, so you're on. Uh, Come this far, yeah. I'd rather have a beer in my hand. Yeah. Until the weekend's through and bring it on home. And oh, he was dude. so excited. And it, it was a happenstance more than anything, correct? It really was. Yeah. And I, and, and that stuff kind of happens. And Rob's Rob's great. Uh, and I, I think I, got, I actually got introduced to him through Patty. Yeah, um, yeah that's what and, he told uh, us. Yeah. Um, and just like and we've backed back and forth a few times on, on the gram or whatever else. But uh but yeah, I was on a, just on a recording session and these things happen. You just get called as a freelance guy to come down right. and, um, you know, they send you the info. Hey, we're at this studio at this time pays this, uh, bring your drums or don't bring your drum. You know, like some, that's kind of, you're just looking for the basics and, um, strolled in and kind of didn't know wh quite what we were working on. And, uh, and then, yeah, it was like Rob's tunes or whatever. It's like, Whoa. What? And he, I don't, he wasn't even there. No, he wasn't. He said he said yeah. he sent them down. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Like, yeah, the the way uh, the way that I mean, it's not dissimilar. It's the same friggin' technology as how this isn't going to air before New Year's, so I guess we'll be fine. Uh, 
<laughs> it's that's how we're going to use the keyboard player on DR's thing, right? Like you can kind of right. do it from anywhere. Um, and if you got to cover yourselves, you can use some of that technology. Just like same Rob, like man, he could play that into his phone, sitting up in NAS or whatever. That's awesome. You know, I message down to the to Nashville, and uh, we could have it on the radio by dinner time. <laughs> that's unbelievable. Wild. Yeah, right? he, he's a good friend of ours. Like, you know, I kind of have a man crush on him. Uh, anyway, but. <laughs> seriously like, oh dude like he's just like he four checked hard you know as a hockey player and then he yeah. he just he just like kills it on the uh on the guitar him and ayla do a good job but like yeah. he uh he has like you know good lyrics you know good, good uh presentation and at the end of the day um i was so happy that when i, I gave him a buzz he was like yeah I, you know Chris was on a couple of my uh, tracks. I'm like, no way. We're just chatting with him tonight. So, uh, it's so fun. The, the small, uh, the world gets smaller, and in the hockey community gets smaller. So that's uh, that, that's awesome that you guys uh, connected on that. I love it, man. Yeah, that's that's a cool. Uh, that's a that's a yeah. Just like you said, that's a cool small world, right? It gets it keeps getting smaller. Yeah, the hockey community once again just kind of full circle. That's for sure. We always say it's like a. You know, it's it's a big community, obviously, but it's very small. And it's like if you do something, if you're that kid that's throwing the double kick stands up be, after winning a championship, like yep. some coach is going to find out about it. You know what I mean? Luckily, yep. you were a little before that time where you didn't get yourself into too much trouble. <laughs> right? No. <laughs> what about the uh, – I want to ask you, are there any other so, – so obviously, um, you know, we've heard that you know, obviously hockey is, is a big part of your life now, obviously going to Predators games. You've been, yeah. you know, fortunate enough to hang out with a bunch of guys. And, you know, you also, you know, travel around on the tour bus and, and have your hockey bag with you. So what what's that like? And what's, God. you know, what, what do you do on the road there? And, and yeah. how do you find games? Yeah, so it's it's been fun. I've had a really, really sweet stretch of time uh, with Thomas. So we started kind of doing – like a market arena tour dates probably by 2018 I would say 2017 we were doing we did a lot of like the uh uh like the OHL style like I just remember the tour started in Saginaw like all right well, <laughs> we're, we're in that circuit right but so the, but those years up to like probably 2016 17 uh and some 18 um we were working our way into the bigger rooms but I got enough sort of clout around the league. I don't even know how to say that, but just like, I don't know. I knew enough guys and my, one of my best buddies uh, uh, here in Nashville, Brandon Walker, it works with the Preds and just, yeah, he's a good just, man. Oh, you know, walks. Yeah, I know walks. Yeah. He's oh, a good, good dude. buddy. One of my absolute, I've become such so close with their whole family. And well, he took uh, care of me when I went down to, uh, you know, uh, country fest a few years back with my wife and he just, yeah. you know, like the passes and everything. Like he's just, he's just a solid. Yep. Yeah. He's the, he's so great. And so he would, I just fire a text or he'd sometimes even look ahead at the dates I had going on. Be like, Hey, if you need ice time and such and stuff, like call this guy. So I just started doing that. And then I, I was having so much fun getting out and playing, um, in in the in the daytimes, uh, I then it, like it would be great if, if somebody had ice time for me. At, like I skated a couple NHL barns. I'd have the sheet ice to myself. It was insane. <laughs> so good. I was just, like, I <laughs> so like, fun. I remember skating at like the, like, the Florida Panthers. Like they had they were starting their the first round. I guess twenty eighteen. It started the first round maybe against the Islanders in on Long Island or something. And so I like 
but I skated on that ice with like the 2017, 18 playoffs. Like, in the, yeah. and I remember thinking like, I'm skating on this before you guys. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, but, um, uh, yeah. So just started looking up. I got so into doing it. I would, uh, I would bring like, uh, bring, bring the bag and then just look up local hot. Like I was just searching men's pickup, anything drop in style or open a hockey kind of thing. And, uh, would it, do real well doing that. We did a tour. You guys know the band Old Dominion? Oh, yeah. Yep. Trevor from that band um, plays guitar, keys a little bit and stuff. He's, uh, I think he played in Michigan early in like like college days or whatever. I think he knows Bells. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. And so he's like, and he's still skates and stuff. So we had a tour with them. And then like, he's like an artist. I'm just like a drummer, but like, so even that added more clout and it was like, so all of a sudden we get like the live nation promoter from our venue calling up, you know, the other smaller rink and being like, Hey, we'll get some of the boys from the tour. want to come down. So we just end up with ice time all over. And, um, man, I've skated all over the country. It's been awesome. I'm so sure our listeners will like to know uh, what type of gear you use, what type of twig and what kind of skates. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, um, uh, <laughs> I've been using, um, uh, Dutchies, uh, uh, Duchesne's uh, CCM twigs that he sometimes at the end of the season might slide me a couple if he's got them left over. Yeah, they bumped, then, b- bumped off a truck. Yeah, yeah, right. And then, <laughs> uh, 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 but I, I got a couple of Warrior twigs uh, through Dan Marconis, and uh, uh, we were having some fun talking about just like you know, use you know, hockey sticks and drumsticks and whatever else. And he sent me a couple, and. Uh, I can't, I can't remember the line now. It's like the alpha. Yeah. Something like that. Dude, they're nuts. Um, and uh, so me and a couple of buddies took a handful of them out with like different flexes and different patterns and just like went That's to some, uh, some open hockey and um, had some fun shooting around. And then uh, I've been wearing um, my Bauer S2 skates the last couple of years, but I, I've had a set of CCM like rib cores or whatever before and I actually found like that boot was, I'm not like, like, what do I know? Right. But that boot was a little easier on my foot than these bowers. And I'm not sure if it's like, I have a wide foot or whatever, but your listeners may also want to chime in. I don't know if anybody cares what I've got on my feet, but I, uh, I, the, the, the S2s had those like speed plate insert things. Inserts, yeah. yeah. And I thought like, oh, well, you know, I want to go faster. So I just put them in. But then I, t- I took them out the other week when I was I skated uh, probably a week ago or two weeks ago. And um, and I think maybe they're going to be better. Otherwise, I was kind of looking to get into some new wheels. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so those have been my things. And, uh, man, my Warrior guys have honestly been just like between the regional guys, like Kirky's been amazing. Uh, and then Danny up in uh, up in your neck of the woods. Like, yeah, he's a good man. I don't know. Man, uh, yeah, I just like – just like can't stop smiling all this stuff it's ridiculous, <laughs> no. right like <laughs> when you start getting free gear it's like yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> if it's free i'll take three yeah it's for me so uh <laughs> um yeah it's been really fun to, to do that and uh yeah i'm stoked about kind of getting up close to the ice a little bit on the for the classic too right like just a neat thing to do and uh i, I did jump on at the uh the the one in dallas i got to go and just hang with the Preds boys a bit and uh talking to my guy up in mini though i'm gonna just gonna 
be on hand in case there was an extra set of skates at the family skate on you never know stay in the bullpen you never know the taxi squad may need a guy too you know all this covid stuff that's it so i'm uh i'll be on hand uh i'll be playing guilty uh love it love it been there yeah, oh, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I got to yeah. ask you before we let you go about, so obviously, you know, you, you hear different stories and, you know, I think it's cool. Like you use hockey as your getaway kind of from music and you, yeah. you hear hockey guys talking about, you know, music being their getaway, but yeah. who's, you know, you, you know, and I, uh, again, like, you know, you just talked about Matt Duchesne and uh, Ryan O'Reilly, like different guys like that, but who's kind of the best musician, slash you know hockey player but like is is actually pretty good with a guitar in his hand or get a good voice and stuff like that Woo. uh okay so my my encounters with with guys actually sitting in front of me playing um are limited uh so i, I may not be the best uh so like don't uh, don't come at me if I miss, but I will. I can. Well, we have no idea. So okay, great. Yeah, yeah you, you can, you can make it just up. just make uh, it up. Make it up. Sucks. <laughs> uh, oh, right, oh, right. <laughs> said. Um, so, uh, <laughs> uh, but I will say so. Uh, year a couple years ago, uh, Dutchie sent us uh, at the studio because he's buddies with big buddies with Thomas and the band. He's just come to a show a bunch of shows dude dutchy got up with us when he was still playing in colorado he got up with us uh i think we played a gig up in like loveland or something and he came up with ashley and and um we all busted out duchene jerseys and he played like friends in low places with us it was pretty good um we so he sent us a couple songs just the same way like bells probably does you know just like bang it out on the iphone here's what i'm thinking kind of thing sent it down and uh and so we cut a couple songs and then even more recently, since he's been traded to Nashville, he came in and again, limited experience, but this dude like grip it and rip it, like stands up, just like went down to the booth. Like, all right, where, where's the microphone? Where am I doing? And, like, all right, you're down there around the corner, put the headphones on, you know, there's a bunch of knobs and stuff, like turn yourself up, whatever. He's like putting the thing on. He's like, check, check, check. Ha, hey, ha, check. You know? And it's like, all right, let's roll it. <laughs> it's like, whoa. Wow. <laughs> Nice. That's good to hear. So, I like that. Yeah. So he, he awesome. got the cojones for it and uh, he showed up with a couple of good songs and we, we did some, I don't know whatever happened to him, but uh, yeah. I'll bug him. Maybe it'll be like a, a, a Matt Duchesne EP that comes to follow or something. That'd like be that. great. But, That'd and be Hey, any of the other boys great. want in, like I'm, I'm here for it. Let's go. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Except Mott's. Mott's is yeah, no, I'm, like I'm, uncle, I'm sending you his, my his, uh, his wedding uncle. video down. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I want that Eddie. wedding video, and I want to meet Eddie. That's why I'm mostly interested. Oh, yeah. Does Eddie Eddie want to cut a couple sides? Uh, I, I, dead serious. Like he is. Uh, he's he's the man. He's up in New Hampshire. He's he's available. Um, he was helping produce the uh, the wedding song with uh, Noel back in the day. Like it just yeah. like he has just a. a, a like a wealth of uh, music knowledge and none of it rubbed off on me. So but I still love music though. <laughs> oh buddy. Man. The, the one well, thing I did want to say though, was uh, I went out to the, um, uh, went a classic at Notre Dame with my son and Weezer played and I was a hu- huge Weezer fan and they knocked it out of the park and then Judah and the lion. Mm. So I'm going to be watching intently. Okay. This winter yeah. classic. I'm 
like I'm so excited that you came on here, bud, and I'm I'm super excited for you to be able to play in that stadium yeah. uh, during the Winter Classic, and yeah, I uh, just wish the best for you. Um, so I'll be watching closely and awesome. knock it out of the park, brother. Hey, if we need a debrief uh, on a follow up call, if you have any notes for my performance, Mats, uh, you know, like I said, <laughs> I will be taking notes. Yeah, yeah, bring it on, bring it on. No, we got big shoes to fill. I'm We're gonna have the metronome it. going. Yeah, listen, pal. Around measure twelve, it sounded like you were pushing. Yeah, just a push uh, push over. Yeah, right, right, right. No, thank you guys. It's uh, I'm I'm a I'm really fortunate to be to be doing this and to talking to you guys. And and I'm I'm passionate about the hockey community, and I love kind of I on the fringe of it all. I know there's so much that goes with it, but uh, to be a fan of it and to to get to know guys and have some real relationships is a pleasure. So thanks for hearing me out, and uh, and good luck on uh, moving forward with the pod and all you guys got going. Yeah, thank you. We uh, we really appreciate it, Chris, and obviously best of luck. And hopefully, we'll uh, we'll hook up when you're in Beantown. Hopefully, any any tour dates announced yet, or what do we got? Yeah, so I haven't seen the this the 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 actual like routing grid, if you like. But I uh, we're gonna do a bunch next year. I think we'll get going probably by I think I saw like May dates. Uh, we have a handful of things to do ahead of that, but uh, but not touring per se. Um, and yeah, I think we'll be out there like May through September, October. And I would guess, I don't think we're going indoors yet. I'm not totally sure, but I know that we, um, uh, Mansfield up there, that Comcast, Xfinity, oh, whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Great it's, 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 it's call yeah. it Great Woods. Old, yeah. old school. That, that, that's great, great Woods. woods. Yeah. <laughs> well, tweet, any, yeah. And Mott Center was that Tweeter Center, the Xfinity Center. Yeah. But yeah, we know it is Great Woods. I jumped the fence at Great Woods. So <laughs> Great Woods, uh, Great Woods, or if you guys ever want to rough it and come down to Hartford or something, uh, yeah, we can. yeah, we're available. It, yeah, we uh, already talked. We're, we're making a road trip, no matter no matter what, to see you wherever you are. So road I, trip, love- and and when you come up here, though, we're gonna get hockey we'll get going ice. during the yep. day, right? Oh. We'll do we'll do some videos. We'll see. We'll we'll kind of. That'll be our opportunity to kind of evaluate your skill on the ice, like from coaches, you know what I mean? So we can give you some pointers and things like that that you can take on the road with you. And then uh, and then we'll have a blast on, at, at the show that night. Yeah, no, I like it, boys. And uh, yeah, if we want to return the favor next time, if you're running through Nashville uh, and you want to, uh, you know, test your luck against a metronome in a recording studio on a drum kit, <laughs> I can also offer some thoughts. So <laughs> yeah, That's a tall task, my man, but I yeah. am, I'm, I'm up for a challenge. <laughs> All right, boys, awesome. well, let's please hook it up. And uh, uh, yeah, we'll be talking again soon. We'd like to talk to you quickly about TSR Hockey. Now is the time to get those backyard rinks all set up before the ground freezes. Our friends at TSR have three different rink kits that you can choose from. If you don't need the whole kit, individual liners and brackets are available. They also have in the new Bauer Rex skates, the Whistler skates are almost sold out but they have plenty of the expedition skates for ODR season. You can reach their team store at 603-912-5970. Ask for Mike or Dave, and they can take care of you. TSR stocks, team apparel for CCM and Bauer, and does everything in-house, embroidery and printing. TSR Hockey is New England's premier hockey store and is a proud sponsor of the Ranch Rings. Visit TSRHockey.com. Skitscott is the new video-based social media platform that combines the best functionalities of TikTok and Instagram. Skitscott's feature-rich audio and video editor allows its users to create videos up to one minute long. The platform allows users to use augmented reality filters, 
picture-in-picture, layered audio, and other editing tools found only in costly movie production rooms to express themselves in a short video. Skitscott is also a secured social media platform that respects the privacy of its users. Skitscott does not share, trade, or sell the personal information of its users. This app is made in the USA. All right, Mott. Uh, hopefully everybody enjoyed that interview with Chris Kimmer. He, uh, he was a, a real treat, like we talked about before the show to talk to, to talk to and, and looking, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be fun watching somebody that you just talked to, like, you know, not only just a player, obviously we just had Nick Bukes that on, uh, who'll be playing in the game, but also now that the drummer who's going to be, uh, up on stage in between periods of the winter classics, pretty sick. Yeah. I, I like I mentioned to him, uh, towards the tail end there, I went to the, Winter Classic at Notre Dame and Weezer and Juder in the line, they were just like killing it. And I was, I, you know, I just excited because I was live watching and I like those two bands. But now this is like a vested interest. It's like watching a game when you know someone and, you know, you just, you want to root for them. You want them to do well. So, um, you know, meeting Chris and, and talking to him at length about different areas of uh, hockey and his passion and his, his path uh, through Nashville uh, was qu- it was pretty cool actually you know so we're going to be rooting him on in the winter classic he's playing in the winter classic he's playing his his skates are ready that's for sure <laughs> he said it'd be there he's going to hope to try to sneak out for uh you know the family skate and the family day and stuff like that which is uh which is pretty cool and obviously we're singers on this podcast i mean the last episode we had dominic the donkey going and all that stuff and and you weren't no, even warmed up that was impressive. i know i know but you heard him talk about duchene you know what i mean how he just like we're hockey guys we yeah, just, just get right into it yeah we don't need warm-ups just give me a give me a coffee and i'm good get up and go a coffee and a heat pack i'm just uh excited too because like you know thomas rett and you know you think of the the you know really big country stars uh the nhl i think they they hit it out of the park with this one like he's a he's a big kind of current name a lot of times like like you said no disrespect to weezer but like oh, those come guys on, man no, dude, no 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 dude Legit. a lot of those bands that they bring on are like you haven't heard of them in 15 years and it's yeah like, but what about judah in the line you know them no, I don't even know I, who I, they are. Unbelievable man. So t- look, look him up. Judah and the Lion. There's uh take it all back. They're just killing it. So we'll, we'll you know, right. we'll, we'll promote those guys. But Weezer, don't, don't even start. That was that was a legit. Dude, but I game. haven't heard Weezer since I was in middle school. Yeah, well, I was in high school and I was really enjoying it. So yeah, so you and Jim and your son's like, who is this guy? Yeah, exactly. But no, it's current and it. it I think it. I think you know they. They it, it they they timed this one right. We'll say that it was no disrespect to Weezer, but like <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm I'm getting puffed out over here. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well we did uh, you know we, the the interview did run um you know for about an hour with Chris, but we you know we we did have some great questions, so we wanted to get to a few of them uh, without you know tying up uh, too much of everybody's time, and so let's uh, let's dip into the mailbag, Mots. What do you say? Perfect. Let's go. Uh, all right, the first one. Hey guys, love the show. As a second year parent to an eight U player and a fa- and fairly new to hockey, you guys have very good insight to the uh, youth hockey world. My son Landon is an eight U player, and this is his second year playing. He has a tendency to lean on his outside edges. Uh, his right ankle, it's very noticeable. His left ankle, it's only here and there. What would you guys um, have for any tips? As far as edge work, I mean, it's very difficult. Like we talked about this uh, a few, 
you know, episodes back, but, you know, we have, you know, inside edges, outside edges, and the flats. So you want to make sure that you're always getting on the outside edge as much as possible because that is the most difficult one to be confident on, in my opinion. So if you're erroring on the outside edge, whether it be, you know, um, crossovers or turns and straight ahead, you know, skating, there is some, you know, school of thought where you get on your outside edge, flat, inside edge. So you really can exaggerate that. You know, some of these Europeans that I played with actually were talking about having two pushes. So it's outside edge, inside edge. But, you know, it's not so common. But understanding getting on those flats is number one. And then when you get on those outside edges and really trusting it, don't be afraid to fall down and try and get on those outside edges as much as you can when when we're turning. You know, stuff that we, you know, um, have taught together, Brian, you and I. Yeah, I mean, I think there's, it's difficult because a lot of times um, kids favor, you know, you, you see the, the especially at the younger ages, like kids are kind of ankle benders and they favor their inside edges and have a hard time getting on their outside edges. So it's, it's kind of, um, you know, it's something that I think he's only been playing, Landon's only been playing for two years. I think it'll work itself out with reps and, you know, focusing on, you know, one-legged glides doing your inside edges and things like that different balances uh balancing drills that it'll i think it'll definitely come it's not something to get uh too frustrated uh too frustrated by what do you got next for me mots so uh we got uh a player a younger kid you know chiming in here which is great we love the um you know participation and listening so hi this is marty Oh, I'm sorry, Maddie. I listened to your podcast on the way to hockey with my dad. I play hockey on Top Gun Elite 2009. My goal is to play prep school hockey. Any advice you can give? And, Mots, you know who his coach is up there for Top Gun is uh, Jimmy Callahan. Yeah, Jimmy Callahan I played uh, with and against growing up. Great uh, great guy, good hockey mind. Uh, Maddie's in good hands. Absolutely. Yeah, so I uh, I coach against this kid. I right, so waiting to shadow him now. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm gonna have to shut him down, <laughs> Maddie. Maddie, we're coming for you. No, I mean my my advice, and and you know I coach at the same age group is just keep working hard and and you know keep doing the little things on and off the ice. Um, show up to 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 practice every day and you know compete hard, have fun in the games, and and it'll work itself out. I you know obviously. So they, yeah, uh, I mean we talk about it a lot though. So Maddie, it's uh, important. To not get ahead of yourself, um, you know, staying in the present is very important. You know, at times it can be difficult, but just be the best you can be in that practice, like that drill, like focus on that pass. Like we talk about passing. Passing is a a skill that has kind of kind of been pushed aside a little bit, in my opinion, as far as um, le- level of importance. But like when you're playing in a game, it's so important when you when you have to make passes. So in practice, when there is a drill where you have to pass, make sure you make it tape to tape, whether it be a stationary target, a target in motion. And then you start working on those skill sets. Like you you can work on your skill sets in the driveway, whatnot. But my advice to play prep school hockey, it's a very high level hockey. So work on your game, but don't, you know, kind of like look past what you're doing in the present. I mean, that's my advice. Um, to a lot of kids in your position because 
things down the road will take care of themselves if you take care of the present. Right. All right, Martin, next up, um, this is from Paul in North Carolina. Is it just me or our parents who sign their kids up for hockey camps and clinics through the two-week holiday break insane? Don't 11- and 12-year-olds need time with friends and family and a mental break before the next three months of nonstop hockey? What's your take on holiday camp holiday camps for 11- and 12-year-olds? And that's yeah, it's, a, it's a, actually a great question. And, you know, we, we wrestle with it a little bit because we do run some camps, BYU and I. Uh, we're, we're thinking about possibly doing something. Um, what we do is not, you know, physically taxing. It's more technique and um, kind of like me- mental awareness on defensive positioning and stuff like that. So we would still do something like that. But I... I do feel there is a time and a place to take a break. Um, these kids at young ages, we talk about often about programs having a lot of ice time, a lot of availability, schedules are ramped up. Uh, when there is a time for a break, I think that I think it's important, um, you know, to kind of just like kind of reset, you know, put the engines in neutral for a little bit, and then ramp it back up because there is a. You know that schedule after the new year that you know doesn't let up until the end of the year. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a uh, you know rest is definitely a weapon. I'll say that, but um, you know my kids right now they're you know my younger two are ten and twelve, and they're in a, a you know a three day camp that's going on at Milton Academy. Um, some great coaches like Ian Moran's been out there, Paul Canada, um, you know different high school coaches around the area, so. Like, you know, for them, you know, you talk about spending time with family and friends like, no, I'd walk in my house and my kids would be playing PlayStation for 16 Mm -hmm. hours a day. So it's like I'd much rather send them to the rink and, um, you know, go work on the game and have some fun with with some buddies and some teammates and also meet some different kids. Like there's some kids that they play against. um, And hearing a voice that's not yours. Yeah, they hear it. Exactly. It's it's a different – different coach it's kind of a different mindset it's more um more fun and not not team orientated and things like that but they also have some teammates there the meeting teammates from other um you know other programs and other teams within you know around the league and you know in, in outside the league as well so i think there's you know there's definitely some benefits to it i would you know, again, like I said, my whole goal and my, like, if I walked in the house after work every day, my kid's been, you know, he's got a, you know, he's cross-eyed from playing the Xbox for 10 straight hours. Like I'd be a little bit more uh, upset than him going to the rink for a couple hours. Oh, that's good. I mean, that's a, another perspective. Like I'm not in it right now at that, around that age, but that's, I think, you know, that's appropriate as well. Um, you know, and again, it's not taxing, taxing their body so much. It's just probably having fun, doing some drills, maybe a little com- com- compete. Um, and you know, you know the guys that are are there running it, and you trust you know their um, ability to run a good skate. You know, for that age group, so that's right. good. But um, if you feel that your kid's burnt out at the time, and like you, he needs a break or you know a few days off and things like that, then you know I would definitely not 
like I, I would say, you know, take that time away from the rink and, and use, you know, use that rest and, and, you know, rest up and get ready. But, you know, I just feel like I know my kids and, you know, I think that it's important. And, you know, also during February vacation, we'll be doing a couple six line camps too. So don't be afraid to sign up for those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> be, we'll uh, let you know about those next week. We'll get the times and dates for you. Yeah, no, but I think that's a great, uh, I totally agree with that. That's like a parent decision. Like if, if you see a little bit of a uh, a burnout factor going on, then you got to step in and, and be the parent. Um, right. This one here is, hey, guys, I have a seven-year-old who is a pretty decent player for his age. However, it's become a battle to get him on the ice lately. Often he says he hates hockey. Other times he seems to love it. I feel like I'm forcing him to play, though. I would normally just scrap the hockey. However... When I was his age, I hated hockey and my parents forced me to play. I am thankful for that as one day it just clicked for me at age 10. I eventually ended up playing two years of junior A and loved the game. What should I do with my son? Thanks, boys. JT. Jay Tizzle. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a difficult conversation. It's a difficult, you, you know, again, it's it comes down to parenting your kids and, you know, you've got to know them. Like, if, if – you know, one thing is commitment, right? In in my mind, and and you know, you signed up whether it's hockey or football or basketball. It's like, no, you know what? If you don't want to play at the end of the season, then we'll we'll reevaluate come next year. You know what I mean? Like, but you made a commitment to a team, and you should be a part of it, uh, which I think is in a very important kind of you know life lesson for kids and um, you know for for everybody for that matter. So. You know, you made that commitment, so I think it's important that you do it. If he really hates it, I would also, you know, factor in, like, what else is going on in his life? Is something else kind of driving him not to like it? Is he, you know, missing that time because he's not able to sit on his Xbox for four hours a day after school? You know what I mean? So, you know, look at that type of stuff because I know some kids, it's like, oh, I don't want to go to the rink. Like, uh, you know, I'd rather be playing Xbox with my buddies. So, you know maybe uh, that gets taken away and, and, you know, hockey starts to love again. Yeah. Well, I, I just think, you know, I'm glad that you put that in there about your experience. Um, you know, that there's, you know, the, he's cut out of the same cloth, I'm guessing, you know, he's, he's your son. So respectfully pushing without overstepping. I don't know where that overstep is. Uh, that's your call. But, you know, there's been a lot of COVID weirdness as well, you know, like across the last couple of years. And, you know, there could be a little disconnect on um, like that, say, full experience of getting to the rank and being in the locker room and, uh, you know, understanding how it has been for years, um, you know, so. I look at it as, you know, you put the time and effort in as a parent to get him up and going. He's a good player. He has some success. He has some skill. I would I would continue to push, you know, again, respectfully with getting him over that hump. You know, where when is that? You said at 10 for you. I don't know. I mean, like it, it could it could happen. It might not happen. You never know. But um, you know, there's been a lot of time, effort, and energy put in by him and you know, you um, as a uh, parent, so you shouldn't just fold up shop just because he says he hates it. You know, he's, you know, a young kid, you know, during this difficult time, in my opinion. So I would say stick with it, you know, put push, push again, uh, you know, w- with, with, with some, 
you know, eyes wide open, understanding that your your son is a good player, has some ability, and the opportunities and the experiences that he could experience down the road are more beneficial than just him saying he hates it right now. Yep. No, oh, good one. Um, good question too. Yeah. All right, Mots, we got a couple more here and then we'll wrap up. Uh, father-son games. Uh, oh, can we get some content on father-son game etiquette and the different different styles of play you're seeing from the dads these days? <laughs> There's an appropriate slash accept, acceptable level of intensity, which I see some dads just blowing right past. I this is from Wayne Sellers. Hey, I was Wayne the- watching me play the other day versus <laughs> versus my kids. Uh, I hope this is the Wayne Sellers that I know from Buffalo. Um, but if it isn't, uh, that's that's fine as well. But uh, Wayne uh, is a good man. Uh, I think it's like hilarious. Uh, I I can just speak to my uh, kind of experiences. My my father once. We were able to lift the puck. He stopped playing in the in the uh, father son game because, like, he had these nasty, you know, you know those uh, skates with like the cap on the end, you know, like on the on the blade. It was like these like gross, like, like the skates. old school mic microns, like yeah, the they're, they're just terrible, terrible uh, skates. But um, yeah, so he stopped, you know, playing. But I did see some parents even when I was, you know, a squirt might squirt, you know, peewee kind of stuff, but um, that were, like, going a little extra hot, you know? I yeah. remember specifically one dad, and I'm not going to say he slew-footed me, but I'm going to say he <laughs> slew-footed me. He slew-bond you? <laughs> I'm like, come on, man. Like, at a young age, I'm, I'm, like, trying to play against an adult, and, you know, he's pulling out dirty tactics. So the etiquette, different styles of play, how hard they play, I mean – I don't think the dad should win if it's mites and squirts. Make it competitive, but keep it in check. I know that you have a different. I think, a, I think. <laughs> I think a lot of it is um, honestly. I stopped it. Like I stopped doing father son games because it's like you have some guys that really are liabilities out there and could get hurt. Right. In terms of dads, and they could potentially hurt a kid, and they're trying really hard because they know they stink. You know, they're wearing jeans. Yeah, or even some like a dress in the pot because they they you know they have all that they have kids. You know, they're probably browbeating their kids in the in in their car rides home every day, and I'm like, you just lost all your respect. You know what I mean? Because like this kid just actually saw you skate. So I like ear on the side of caution of even inviting parents out there to, right. to you know like the other night like last week we had like you know there wasn't it was like right before christmas thursday night like you know we just like went out and played shinny like let the kids like i jumped in a couple of coaches like jumped in and you, know, you make it fun you yeah i definitely was you know a couple toe drags and things like that but the kids get like fired up and they love breaking you up and things like that so it's it i mean i think it should be fun but like i said some of these dads out there they it can be a liability it can be a liability from a rink owner perspective like that dad tears his acl or like gets a concussion right. and like oh boy so right. yeah I, I try to avoid them as much as possible 
Again, thanks for the question, Wayne Sellers. And I, again, I hope it's uh, my boy from Buffalo. First guy I saw, you know, clean his grooves and throw something in there from like, you know, 50 yards and check it. I was like, wow, this on the golf course. I'm like, this guy, this guy, this guy knows what he's doing. Yeah, he's a player. <laughs> Might right. need some lessons from him. We got a couple fast ones here from Instagram. Yeah, go ahead with this one. <clears throat> How many Doughboy Donuts does uh, Ross eat at night? And that's from Colin. It's a great question. Uh, I go to Doughboy Donuts. So it's, somebody must somebody must have seen me there. So I go to Doughboy Donuts because it's... It's not your son. No, it definitely is my son. <laughs> it's definitely not my son. Uh, no, Donuts in Southie is legit, though. It's legit, and they the it's the hottest coffee, and it uh, it's open twenty four hours. So I work midnights, and you know that's on my nightly routine. Routine is to go to Doughboy. I grab a a medium black coffee as soon as I walk in. It's waiting for me, and that's it. I don't get any donuts. No donuts. Um, no. Come on. I don't man. do it. Hey. They don't. I'm trying to watch my figure. All right. I'm just All not right. a I'm, I, dude. The one thing, if you work midnights and there's other people out there, if you're an eater on midnight, you're gonna blow up like a tick. Okay. All right. So, sitting around. So, so Colin, uh, I can honestly say zero donuts. Yes. Zero donuts. I can honestly say, in five years, I've maybe had one. Yeah. Oh, maybe are, you going, one. are you going a plain donut to Dunkin' the black coffee, or are you going glazed? Or what do you got? I only do, if I do have a donut, I only do glazed. All right. All right. So this one here, uh, why does B.Y. make his family stand at the back of the church? Our <laughs> good friend Mike Shaw, uh, uh, Mike Upshaw, he says Upshaw. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, well, it's called being a, a veteran church goer on Christmas Eve. Good, uh, good. Hey, last in, first out. Exactly. Simple answer. Love it. Simple answer. That's it. You know, he's there. His, you know, he's got a newborn baby. His mother-in-law is all excited to be there at church with her. Um, and he's and, front row. And he's like, yeah, I wouldn't say front row, but he's in the in the first. He's in the first wave of stands or, or pews, and uh, he sees me rolling in ten minutes late. And you know, as soon as I. Uh, Soon as this mass has ended, BY and the family is already up heading up heading up the street. See you later. Yeah, you're bouncing. Yeah, it's a, it is a veteran move. So. It's a veteran move. He'll get there. He'll get there. Yeah, he just needs a couple someday. more kids. Yeah, someday. Just needs a couple more kids. Uh, all right. Love it, Shazi. Thanks for chiming in. Yeah, exactly. Um, best time to break in new skates. This is the last one. Best time to break in new skates in season or off season. That's from Mako. Oh man, I, I I'm not a good person for this because I would wear skates so far that they were broken down that it was just such a task to break in, and then later in my say career, you're getting like you can get free skates, whatever when you're playing pro. But I I started working them in like while they were breaking down. But the best time I I hated breaking new skates, so the best time is I would say just get in early beginning of the season. Yeah, that's probably the easiest time. Uh, I will say that the way they make skates nowadays, I think you can throw them right on your feet. And the hottest part for me was always getting like the steel um, down enough and things like that. You know what I mean? So 
I, I, I would find myself if my if the toe wasn't shaved down, um, I'd be toe picking. But our friends at TSR can help you out with that. Um, so I honestly can remember the first vapors that came out. We played at BU that night. I got them. I wore them pregame skate, and I wore them in the game that night. Like I'm, I I'm pretty. Look at you. Yeah, I'm pretty easy. Pretty easy to uh, to get them in. And my kids got new skates, and they're wearing them right off the bat. And no, I don't let them heat them up. Uh, they gotta go. They gotta just deal with it, Buddy Yandel style. He used to tell me wet the socks wet a little bit. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> wet the socks. I used to wet the socks. That was it. And uh, but nowadays, I think skates. I can I can throw them right on and be ready to go as long as the you know there's not excess toe. Um, Toe jam or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> <laughs> Extra steel. There you go. That's Extra toe steel. Jam. Toe jam. Let's call it toe jam. Toe jam. But uh, all right, that's a wrap. Once again, thanks to our guest and and all the sponsors, and uh, we appreciate it. And happy New Year. <laughs> <laughs>